Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Time to welcome back an old friend to the show. James Russell is a children's author. Uh, blogger and former book reviewer for us here on Afternoons. He's uh, author of the famous Dragon Brothers books that have been a hit around the world. But late last week, he wrote a blog that caught our attention. It's a plain language, first-person account of how the teenagers in his life use their phones uh, against the backdrop of the current phones and schools ban. James joins us now to discuss that blog post and his thoughts on the topic. Hi, James. Hi, Jesse. How are you going? Yeah, good. Welcome back. Uh, nice to have you on the show again. How is the uh, the world of dragons and dragon books, by the way? Yeah, good. I've moved on a little bit from dragons. I've just finished writing my third um, children's book uh, based in the Otago Gold Rush. The, the series is called Children of the Rush. So that's coming out, I don't know, maybe two or three months' time. But the first two have done really well. Fantastic. And so tell historical us a, fiction is a bit of a leap from dragons. Yeah, yeah. Well, um no, you did a great job on that series and I know the the books and the um characters in your book who had shared the same names as your children sort of grew up as your children did and now as the parent of teenagers you're thinking about one of the defining issues of our time. Tell us about your summer. Yeah, uh, I should probably preface this, Jesse, by saying uh, these are the musings of a middle-aged man rather than uh, any scientific basis. But um, So I I wrote this blog um, because about a year ago, well, it was, it was this time last year, a good friend's daughter left to go to uh, Otago University and she was in the halls of residence. And I was in the halls down there a long time ago and, you know, it was a really, it was quite a special time and the friends I made there are, my best friends to this day, you know, so um, I was delighted for her. And but three, three or four weeks into it, she was ringing her parents, you know, pretty distraught and saying that everyone's in their rooms on their phones and their computers and no one's coming out. And, and so she hadn't met anybody. And I remember when I went, I remember it really vividly, like those first few days were pretty uncomfortable. You know, I didn't know a soul and I remember sitting in my room and I think I was smoking cigarettes just because no one was going to stop. I was smoking them out the window just because I could, I guess. It was totally, yeah. and then And then I thought, well, this is boring and um, kind of ventured out into the common areas um, of the hall. Terrifying and, walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like sort of caged creatures coming out of their caves or something. So anyway, you you meet you meet people in these common areas and everyone's in the same boat and you just sort of get chatting. And I remember it was a matter of two or three days before I was having a ball, you know, and here she was three or four weeks in. And I know this girl well, you know, she's gregarious and outgoing and a great girl. And she, and I just, I thought, what's going wrong there, you know? And I was, and I kind of, she got on fine and made great friends and it was all good. And then this summer I, um, I noticed, you know, it was quite a social summer because of the beautiful weather I noticed that when when I sort of observed teenagers meeting each other either for the first time or 
they might have known each other, hadn't seen each other for a while, perhaps, you know, they'd come around to our place or whatever. And there was all there's always an uncomfortable kind of silence at the beginning of these meetings and these interactions. Um, and I noticed that quite often one or other of them would just not be able to handle those few minutes of awkwardness and they would pull out a phone just as a, and I, and I realized that it was a kind of a crutch, a kind of a safety net. Um, and it just got me thinking, you know, we, we never had those. And in fact, I was pretty awkward as a, as a teenager. And if I had had a phone at that time, I would have done the same thing, I think, just because it, it's something to do while you're feeling awkward. But what was, what was really interesting is the way that the other teenager um, behaved when they saw that, you know, they would, it would kind of put up a wall between them and they would be, you know, loath to interrupt them looking at a phone. And and there's something about a phone, I don't know, it's different than, you know, I guess in our day it was a book. Someone might be reading a book and um, and you go, what are you reading or whatever? And, and mm. it didn't feel so intrusive to, to interrupt someone doing that. But, you know, if they're looking at a TikTok or a video or whatever, it's it just feels like it's a harder thing to interrupt. And I think it is. Um, for teenagers to do that too and it, and it made me realize that you know a lot of these first time interactions between teenagers are being stymied just by that by that one act and it's you know quite an innocent small act of of pulling out a phone and it just throws up this wall and, yeah you know, interesting there's there's a bit of distinction there and the experts I've talked to say the same thing. So one aspect of this is what are they looking at on the phone and um, who are they interacting with and what are the dangers of that? But a, but a second one, which I think is what you're getting at, is what is that phone replacing? Uh, what is that phone time replacing? And, and, and your view is that often it's replacing some of the building blocks of relationship building. Yeah, exactly. It just it just cuts off that one little moment, and that moment might be quite short, and it might be just a passing moment, and and you know, in a in a kitchen of a, of one of these um, halls of residence or wherever it may be, um, and say you know, two intro, fairly introverted teens might otherwise have struck up a kind of an awkward conversation, but you know, that awkwardness only lasts for a little while until they find some common ground, but it's not allowing that common ground to be found, and it's. You know, for for example, if I went to an art gallery and I was uh, an, an opening of an art exhibition, say, and I didn't know a soul, you know, I'd, I might stand there looking at a picture on the wall and try and put a sort of um, serious and interested look on my face <laughs> while I studied the art, hoping that someone was going to come along beside <laughs> me and strike up a conversation. And that's what that's sort of what you do, right? You just and then you and then you kind of engage in a bit of Snapchat, uh, sorry, Snapchat, <laughs> small talk, and then you're away. You know, but that small talk has just been cut off at the pass, I think. Yeah, you're not learning how to deal with those awkward situations and you're not getting any of the benefits that come when you persevere. Exactly, yeah. And I th I thought, you know, what can we do about this as parents? And um, actually, I got an interesting comment back from my blog. Somebody said, you know, uh, they trust teens to make these right, the right decisions um, and that... A lot, a lot of people find their their sort of tribe online, and I think that's absolutely right. And they do, and that's and it's been it's been great for for a lot of people that struggle in those social situations. But but I do think there's a as a parent, you could you can just make your child aware. I think and just saying, you know, the act of pulling out a phone when 
when you meet someone is a is a kind of a powerful um it's a powerful thing in stopping that interaction more powerful than anything else probably um and i think the other party feels a bit rejected and and not not as important as as whatever you're looking at on on your phone so i think you know because i don't think kids do this to be cool or to to you know disrespect anybody i really just think that it's oh god i feel a bit uncomfortable what can i do oh i'll look at my phone i feel a bit safer when i do that and you maybe don't, you don't really there. you don't stand a chance really given what's on the phone and given the billions of dollars that have been invested in um those apps to get your attention i mean adults yeah, so don't I stand don't, a chance i don't think they, i don't think they care what's on the phone they're just trying to get a bit of safety in that yeah, awkward situation sure. They might be looking at. They might not even be concentrating on what they're looking at. I think it's just, it's just to get out of that awkward few minutes before the, before the conversation flows. So what's the rule in the Russell be, House I now? Love, if there's any PhD students out there, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love this to be a science experiment where they take <laughs> teens into a room on the pretext of studying something else and uh, and just observe them. You know, put two <laughs> teens in a silent room. You're allowed to bring your phone and just see what happens. Yeah, wouldn't that be a great experiment? <laughs> Uh, are you yeah. acting on any of these revelations? You know, you got, I've forgotten how old your kids are now, but um, you know, yeah, do you have the rules when you? Sixteen, yeah, yeah. So if you go around to a friend's house, yeah. Well, one of the kids comes comes home at the end of um, end of the school year and lets he lets his phone run out of juice and then he doesn't charge it up again until the day before he has to go back to school the, wow. the following year. So he's really not into it. The other one's a little more, but um, phones just kind of aren't their thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what we've done to encourage that. It's just, yeah, that's who they are, I suppose. Good for you. Um, hey, um, yeah. thanks. Yeah, we'll, um, put a link, we'll put a link on our website for people who'd like to read your blog. And um, really nice to have you. Let's get you back on again soon. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Jesse. James Russell, uh, author, uh, thoughts and observations on young people and phones. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.